It's This Week in Sleaze with your host, the great lord, Joshua Riegel and Sleazy K. This podcast has been rated Category 3. No one under 18 may be permitted. Let's talk some Hong Kong fucking and some non-fucking in Taiwan. And that sounds vague and childish. And in 2022, we should be above this childishness. But uh, it, it, it's it's our brand on this show, goddammit. So we need to we need to set the stage like that. But uh, let me set the stage uh, for our coverage here of Ming Ghost and Little Woman, or Ming Ghost versus Little Woman. What we have lined up for you for examination is an interesting technique in editing and uh, changing material to make it bankable elsewhere. So when released in 1990 in Taiwan and then in Hong Kong uh, in 1993, you you had there in 1990 the Taiwanese production Ming Ghost that starred Joey Wong, ran over two hours in Taiwan and that was fine. When shipped out to Hong Kong, not only was a good 40 minutes removed, but also alternate sexier footage was added and a new title was given to it, Little Woman. So therefore, uh, that was released in 1993 in the Category 3 heyday and we're here to share our notes whether the direct naughtier version plays better or the slow methodical two-hour ghost story with Joey Wong does. And and just to set the stage because you're all filthy animals, there's no sex scenes with Joey Wong added or anything. So just to get your mind out of the gutter. But, but yeah, the star of a Chinese ghost story was in a Category 3 uh, film. So my name is Lisa Gay. Here with me is the great Lord Joshua Regal having watched about close to four hours of the same film and ghost looking <laughs> Joey Wong. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's do it. But uh, anything for the show, buddy? Anything. I tried to find angles, and this was always a, a fun angle of... Uh, I, I see what you do in there, Makers, uh, what you did with that movie and uh, what you added, but uh, there are some cool things to be uh, to be talked of, I think. But uh, it's a neat little episode. We're going to get uh, right into it. I'm going to keep the um, contact in for short. So uh, this is uh, This Week in Sleaze, and for all your uh, Podcast on Fire network needs, because we belong to the Podcast on Fire network, check out podcastonfire.com. The back catalogue of uh, This Week in Sleaze is available there. We don't get to do these shows... Uh, as often as we like uh, due to life and family commitments and uh, other things so the last time uh, we uh, spoke about anything uh, vaguely sleazy on this show was when we did Bruce Lee and High and did a little uh, dip into Bruce exploitation uh, that was very much well received and appreciated and I had a blast uh, doing, that, doing that episode so that was that angle, Bruce exploitation and then we get into Bruce Lee and I starring Danny Lee as Bruce Lee so um, it's uh, one of those uh, kooky things that I enjoy very much and did this is you know, a special angle to this week in Sleaze. So uh, social media links and so forth on the website, in the show post. Uh, I write about these kind of movies and other things on SoGoodReviews.com. I always say I review Hong Kong and Taiwanese movies, and that would include Ming Ghost. It's a Taiwanese movie I'm very fond of. Taiwanese cinema from um, various uh, eras, and um, this one I stumbled upon a few years ago. I remember it, it, it's it's not a good story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I, I had a little woman as a um, copy from from someone. And uh, I didn't know where to find the Ming Ghost long version. Uh, and at one point someone had gifted me like a VCD set of like 20, 30 random Taiwanese movies. A, a VCD set in a big old clamshell thing. Um not a whole lot were subtitled or widescreen or anything that I could identify at all. But that one was in there. The full version, the full 136-minute Ming Ghost was in that VCD set that was gifted to me. So it was like, sweet. 
you know, I I found what I needed for for my uh, for my writing coverage and so forth, and could uh, satisfy my curiosity as to how does that play out versus the category three version that I saw that I saw earlier. So um, yeah, so um, that was a, a little home video of memory, courtesy of Sleazy uh, K. <laughs> but uh, let's get into it. Uh, the, all the contact information is on the website, and we're going to take a short music break, and then we're going to start to sort, sort of break down the pros and cons of Mean Ghost and Little Woman and uh, share our review notes. And, and a little background section is coming up as well. So uh, check out the, the very, I'd say, very choral, very screechy sounds that I'm going to play for you now from Mean Ghost. It has a very special uh, score, I'd say. So, um, so um, it's going to sound abrasive, I think, <laughs> for 30 seconds or so, and that'll lead us into the review. So take it away, music. Welcome back, and we're going to talk Mingo slash Little Woman, sort of a joint review, because uh, one is the full movie, and the other one is an edited alternate version of that uh, film. But the plot from my review of the film, that sort of uh, connects to uh, both movies, of course, but a little bit more towards Mingo's, I suppose, as well. So, centering around an encounter involving the daughter of an official called Yin, or Ayin, played by Joey Wong, her husband Chin Woon, and the animalistic uh, Hong Jim, played by Tan Lap Man, as well as with uh, 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 the other person in that encounter, is cosmetic salesman Shin Xiu, played by Anthony Wong. And not the Anthony Wong you know, but a singer-songwriter called Anthony Wong Yuming. Uh, he's looking on at a distance, uh, at a distance, uh, watching an event uh, under a tree, essentially, outside. That ends with Ajin getting raped and her husband dead in the, in the wake of this event. Jin's father uses local police captain to launch an investigation in order to bring the guilty parties to justice. And along the way, as they recap the story, it turns out um, this uh, deadly encounter can be tracked back to Jin's mother, who is played by an actress, I don't know her name, in the Taiwanese version, but is played in the Hong Kong version by Chan Wing Chi of false lady fame if you remember that movie that was the category three version of the blake edwards film switch so chan wing chi uh, went from li chung ling to chan wing chi and that's the movie where charlie cho has uh, has his secretary milka in his office and getting uh, tea uh, milk for, for his tea from her uh, from her boobies so that's false lady and that's her but at the beginning of the movie she is sentenced to death by wooden donkey that happens in both movies but in the hong kong version she is played by chan wing chi the the mother and uh, that mystery starts to uh, unravel for us in sort of a Rashomon style, uh, in, yeah, in a Rashomon style, but Rashomon effect. Very much, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it played for uh, Little Woman. That is, I couldn't find release in on Ming Ghost. Uh, it played for a measly three days during its Hong Kong run, and uh, it's safe to say this Joey Wong vehicle uh, didn't break through like her other ghost story outings did. Uh, it's noted as uh, being held by two directors, but I think one of which, because it's there's only one credit to this director, might just be the director for the Hong Kong footage, uh, uh, Yao Li Jian. Uh, but uh, the other director, Chu Kang Chen, is our veteran uh, with uh, three films as director under his belt. But it's uh, as a writer that uh, Chu 
has made his mark, including co-writing Ming Ghost uh, here. And among other f- the, the other 43 screenplay credits, we find the Shaw Brothers classics, such as The Bells of Death, The Duel, Intimate Confessions of a Chinese Courtesan, uh, other 80s erotica, such as An Amorous Woman of Tang Dynasty, and multiple films for director Stanley Kwan. And Chu uh, uh, Kangchen wrote Women, Love Unto Waste, both with uh, Chai Fat, but, but perhaps more, more significantly, he wrote uh, Kwan's uh, classic ghost story Rouge with Anita Moy and Leslie Chung, and he co-penned that with the original author of uh, the novel, Lillian Lee. And he, uh, Chu Kang Chen is also an award-winning uh, writer, winning Hong Kong Film Awards for his work on Love Unto Waste and Hoy's Boat People, coming out on um, the Criterion Collection uh, soon, if it hasn't dropped already. And uh, he won a Golden Taiwanese Golden Horse Award, writing Stanley Kwan's drama Full Moon in New York with uh, Maggie Chung. Uh, Stanley Kwan was actually a planner for Ming Ghosts, uh, and uh, being a very visually driven film, they got experienced uh, director of photography Bill Wong on board. He shot Sue Warriors from the Magic Mountain, Rouge, Once Upon a Time in China. Then he came on board as co-cinematographer. And uh, Joey Wong was also approaching the end of her run, playing quite a similar role, a ghostly role, a Chinese ghost story type of role, uh, repeatedly in Hong Kong films uh, before retiring in 1993. So she shot Ming Ghost in 1990, and by 1993 she was uh, retired and made sporadic appearances in the new uh, millennium. Uh, so so yeah, she made something autistic in her native Taiwan that was turning into something smartier. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, it was a career suicide venturing into Ming Ghost, and it, it certainly wasn't... Uh, uh, under her control there. She wasn't sitting there at the editing, editing deck, you know? You know what this <laughs> film needs? You know, they mentioned my mom in the movie, but can we possibly incorporate several sex scenes featuring her? I think that would spice things up a bit. Scoot over. <laughs> I got some ideas here, editor. <laughs> okay, so I suppose that leads us into our review, and my my main chunk of notes relates to Ming Ghost. Um, so, sure. so, um, and and I noted down sort of the differences in Little Woman Lost. So I suppose we'll do it in that order. But uh, obviously, Joshua, uh, feel free to mix and match your notes. But uh, in terms of short opinions, it's a long film, Ming Ghost, 136 minutes. It's sometimes a bit goofy in its pretentiousness, but also I think it's largely hypnotic and eerie as a ghost story. Uh, and Ming Ghost gets cheaper through the addition of sex. It gets cheaper through a wall-to-wall new score in the Hong Kong version. It's completely replaced. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating to watch the two, but it's not a good alternate watch when it's no longer Mean Ghost and instead Little Woman. Uh, it really it reeks of a more anxious product. Like, people won't pay attention. Music. <laughs> people won't pay attention. <laughs> Sex. Freeways. Cut murder. It. Cut the seat. Cut the seat. Cut the seat. Cut, 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 cut. Uh, so watching them back to back revealed the strengths of uh, Ming Ghost and revealed the uh, sort of producer transparency of Little Woman. But it, it really was a, you know, out of the two ones to watch, Little Woman felt the slowest to me because it's like <laughs> choppy and anxious and flappy. And uh, it's just, this is not working. So probably doesn't help that you've, you've seen these scenes in their elongated form and with, uh, and now it's over much already. More you, know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like it's uh, forty minutes means that some scenes do not go on for as long right. at all. That's the short opinion for now. In terms of uh, Mingo's, uh, what, uh, what did you think of it? In short, here it's uh, very much an art house film. It is essentially like a retelling of Rashomon, 
you know, they made some slight adjustments, but uh, it, it is just that, you know, the husband is tied up while the wife is raped, question mark, you know, and there's a thief, there's the, you know, I mean, it's very much the same thing. I've never seen Rashomon, by the way, so I, I, oh, I, I, I never knew the it. sort of scenario that they um, that, that they um, that they uh, present before us there. So I haven't seen it for last time I watched it. It was probably over a decade ago, but uh, it, it's very much the same thing. The samurai and his wife traveling through the woods. The husband, the samurai, gets tied up to a tree by a bandit. Uh, the bandit. You know, there's, of course, throughout the whole thing, you know, like which, you know, what story is true. The wife was raped by the uh, bandit. Uh, unbeknownst to them, though, there's a woodcutter who was watching. Mm-hmm. That comes out. Uh, spoiler alert for this film from the 1940s or whatever. But, um, yeah, there's a woodcutter who's watching who kind of gives the true story of events after everybody else tells their story. Each person tells their story in a way that presents them as being the better person. Uh, so, I mean, it is very much this story. Was Rashomon made as a, as a slow contemplative art yeah, piece? So it, it's, it's less of that, you know, as Kurosawa's films tend to be like, they are very much uh, an auteur type film, but there's much more of a pulp feel to them. Like, you know, the, the main crux of that film isn't, the you know wow look at the cinematography look at this look at that it's more like let's follow the story and at the end of the story there is a point to everything you know what i'm saying sure. like it's it's almost like capra you know like his films all his better known films have like you know uh, here's the point of everything at the end you know and that's very much what rashomon is whereas this film is more like let's take the base of that and let's create, let's do an Andre Tarkovsky film on top of it. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Tarkovsky, but very similar in the fact that, you know, he loved, you know, composition. He loved playing with that. And this film is all about like filmatic composition and having, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Essentially, you know, if, if you're looking at a doorway in the film, if there's going to be a person on the left, there's also going to be a person on the right, you know? It's always, you know, very equal and very making use of the uh, widescreen format. You know, it's a beautifully shot film. Yeah, I mean, granted, we watched it on a VCD that was only marginally sure. widescreen, but for for it really came through the the technical qualities and the technical intent, whether you're on board with it or not, because it requires patience and clearly there, um, it it's very static at at point. The, can't have been fun to film uh, sometimes because it's just very static and uh, what gets added before it reaches us is uh, atmosphere through that very um, you know choral slow percussion score at times sometimes very screechy uh, score with uh, very screechy vocalizing but it always I've seen it two or three times I think and it, it always hit me with a very haunting atmosphere and a very different atmosphere that certainly didn't feel uh, like it, uh, you know, was adhering to a market trend or anything. Uh, it, um, it, if anything, it was adhering to our Taiwanese auteurs, I suppose, and their slow, slow evolving films. But uh, it, it 
felt like it was its own and i mean even the the wooden donkey 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 punishment uh, <laughs> that happens in both films is totally quiet here it's um mm-hmm. it's eerie because it's silent almost in the hong right. kong version it's not silent it's just full on and kaboom wooden donkey and everybody screams it was made for mood and um tone and not a cheap buck that wanted to fit into the success pool of category right. three films which little woman in its restructure certainly wants to belong to because uh, that's uh, that's the golden ticket baby into <laughs> into commercialism and it certainly didn't work for for the three days it played um i'm not entirely sure of uh, if the quite constant appearance of pasty white characters in the in Ming ghost is ghostly or just the makeup of the era but it's a visual component that uh, joey Wong, for instance is uh, is heavily made up with you know ghost white which sounds more pretentious than i think it plays in the film but uh, but but a lot of people wear this kind of ghost white makeup in town mm-hmm. you see it later in the market scene with anthony wong as he sells mm-hmm. uh, makeup and so forth so i think uh, it's either a stylistic choice or, or, or something specific for for the era but really it largely managed to capture me even you know when we just see quiet landscapes and slow walking that's then accompanied by by, by said score and that makes for atmosphere again as joey wong and uh, and her husband uh, approaches, you know, the, the great event of the film and uh, w- walking around and uh, slow movements, mysterious movements, actions, uninterrupted takes, stuff that would infuriate me normally because <laughs> I, I'm not smart enough for this and I'm not uh, patient for this. But I don't know why. I, I guess it's this possibly supernatural mystery that's being crafted before us uh, that made me stick with it quite easily and and the apps you know or even the slight abstract of it all and the static uh, images people just standing there talking slowly methodically with the addition of uh, joey wong especially as she comes back after this great event and what's she up to now she's incredibly mysterious is she, is she a ghost is she not is she traumatized that combination made me stick with it and i was kind of at times very enthralled especially in the latter sections with just how atmospheric it is even if i can't uh, pinpoint aha that's what's happening and that's what it means at all times you know sometimes it just gets to your atmosphere you know it's very much like an atmospheric film it, it almost to a degree it seems like a definitely like a horror film like you know even in the scenes that aren't obviously like dealing with ghosts or anything like that but you have the score which i'm sure the people have heard at this point you know it's kind of yeah <laughs> it's, it's kind of unnerving it's great vocalizing though whoever did that sure. vocalizing has got a set of pipes on her and then on top of that like the imagery like just the the sequence that you keep going back to throughout the film which is the death of the samurai husband or what have you and all that that tree out in the middle of nowhere you know the blue landscape you know it looks like something out of the ring like the videotape off the ring it's so unnerving and odd and you know this tree that looks like it's halloween tree or something like that you know it's like twisted and i mean it's dead it's not uh it's not uh, blooming or anything there's nothing on there exactly yeah, and it twists and conforms in these shapes that do not appear to be, you know, actually physically possible. You know that something is wrong here. And, you know, so you have that and then you have the fact that, you know, that we continually go back to this story. Like, who's telling the truth? What is this? You know, it, it doesn't 
allow it to be so burdened by the fact that, you know, we're being artsy, we're being artsy, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot to hold on to is what I mean. I mean, sometimes uh, it it, I I got a a gig out of a few choices here and there, but uh, uh, like, for instance, some technical choices when uh, after Jack Cow's character who plays uh, police captain, you've seen probably Jack Cow in uh, Ringo Lamb's Full Alert, he plays the, the Taiwanese gangster in uh, full alert and is a is an, an accomplished actor both in autistic films and and is great as a vicious bad guy here it's uh it's a role that um it's a, um, a good variation of uh, what i'm used used to uh, see him in but uh, what i was getting to he presents the he, he finds uh, ayin joy wong's ayin's the the translation is blusher in the on the vcd but he, he finds her rouge on mm-hmm. uh, in the wound of her husband or on the body of her husband and he presents that uh, the, the camera follows uh, his hand from under, underneath the frame as that approaches her father he wants to present that evidence mm-hmm. and that's the kind of show that come on come on you 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 you're being special now you're being special now <laughs> uh, look at we did a pov and tan lapman's role as uh, the monstrous uh, the monstrous quote-unquote rapist or rapist question mark Sometimes the fact that he's so, such a monster that he that he roars and he acts like an animal is strangely effective, but it also goes a little bit off the reservation. That, that oh, when, yeah. he, when it seems like is he possessed by an animal or is it just uh, <laughs> that bad? Uh, so so they're 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 playing with fire every now and again and they're being a bit up their own battles in terms of what artistic choices they're creating here and what what they add for atmosphere in terms of the performances. But to be honest with you, those moments were not common for me. I, I was largely involved and um and especially when we get joey wong to focus on which is uh really i mean you're, you're used to her you know in that fantastic iconic role in a chinese ghost story and then you're used to her appearing in similar roles throughout uh, the ages uh, you know and uh, that happened to lam ching ying he was mr vampire in all manner of films and that happened to to her she was the sorrowful ghost in so many movies and th- this is certainly not the sorrowful ghost this is the possibly the possible ghost and the very uh, with a very confusing uh confusing exterior and confusing way of speaking and there's there's randomness coming out of her that suggests that she's either traumatized or she's an it right now Mm -hmm. uh, that she's not of this world and she is fantastic because she she is uh you know incredibly beautiful but by designing her exterior like they do combine that with her beauty and her mysterious appearance and her actions. It makes for a, a, a compelling, alluring, sometimes scary performance because she is a haunting presence here in, in certain sections. You know, this movie needed to hinge a lot on her. And I think it accomplishes that very well because she is uh, borderline frightening but just incredible to look at. Um, and uh, I mean, it's the core story of Ai Ying that needs to work, that needs to be communicated, and that's done through her very well. It's a de- it's a decent hook amidst puzzling images that she's now returned. Is she alive or dead? Well, yeah, and, and it got her out of the Chinese ghost story mold very effectively, um, even though it doesn't sound like it. Oh, she's a ghost. Well, welcome back to a Chinese ghost story. <laughs> I think... Uh... You know, I didn't catch the full ghostly type vibes from her throughout the film. I wasn't thinking, oh, she's possibly already dead or anything like that. She, to me, played very well the part of, you know, 
how involved is this woman in the death of her husband? Like you could tell that you knew immediately, like when she shows up and says, oh, father, you know, I, I wasn't raped. Otherwise, I would never return home to you. You know, I knew that you you know, wouldn't face me and whatnot. I, when she does that, you kind of immediately go into, OK, well, that's probably not true. We've already had one character saying that she was. How trustworthy is this person, you know, and then her story and then the story of the bandit and whatnot, you know, it, she she rides the fence of being is she a, the hero or is she a villain mm-hmm. you know yeah. and I, I thought she did really well with that at times the movie it does hint at some sexual stuff uh, but but it's more low-key sexual stuff like mm-hmm. at, at one point there's a scene with the father and a prostitute and he asks her to put her ass on his face it's like okay <laughs> Welcome to an art film. They 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 they, they say crass things, but they say it with uh, a more measured pace, I suppose. Yeah, as opposed to like Little Woman, which goes much more crass and it's uh, subtitling and whatnot. You know, it, it's actually this that is more crass in the subtitling. But I don't. I, you I, don't? I, oh yeah, I mean, this one talks of sperms and fucking and uh, you know all kinds of stuff. I mean, but like. I think especially towards like the odd comedy uh, sequence with the, I forget, I guess it would be Anthony Wong uh, talking about, you know, putting his butthole up against the uh, gate so that the bandit, uh, that whole sequence, like uh, in particular, he, he, in Ming Ghost, he says, oh yeah, you would climax before touching me and little woman just some of the dialogue used in that scene and others, it's much more, you know, I don't know. It doesn't use words like fucking, but it's to me grosser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and like little woman, there's a sequence where the guy who's channeling the ghost or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The priest. That's how he's priest. The priest. Yeah. He says, uh, I'm your wife or whatever. And you put the wooden donkey up my pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on front straight, category three, oh, 90 minutes. Oh, my God. Okay, anyway. Either way, I guess both movies are pretty crass. Yeah, yeah and I wonder how, especially Mean Ghost, how much was that, how much of that was, it can, can be found in the actual Chinese dialogue. I'll, I'll never find out, obviously, but, uh, but yeah. It, the Mean Ghost, the subtitles were pretty terrible, I thought. Just like in terms of keeping up with the plot, I actually kept up with Little Woman, I learned more about the plot for Mingos from Little Woman, if that makes sense. Sure. I mean, may, may, maybe they, after all, tried to be a bit more elusive and in tune with the film or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, um, the, the more visible subtitles was was, was uh, on uh, Mingos. Uh, actually, uh, the, the rip we have of Little Woman was quite um, blown out and uh, to to bright that point. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, obviously, as, as it is a Rashomon copy, there's an investigative part that kicks in, so... Jack Cow's character who plays the police captain in one version. The, the, the names differ between the versions, but uh, in one version he's called Fuck. And he <laughs> deliberately hurts. Uh, shut up. 12 years old. <laughs> he said Fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he deliberately, I believe, hurts one of his officers with the same comb that was uh, used to stab the Tanlap man character to, just to uh, f- sort of suss out which doctor treated 
that wound uh, or and uh, you know which doctor treated the Tanlab man character so uh, that that kicks in and that makes it you know a bit more traditional and you can uh, you can follow uh, follow along uh, in in a bit more traditional fashion i suppose and uh, i mentioned Tanlab man and that he acts like uh, like as a bear like as a lion or whatever but but there are better scenes when he's um, he, he's a good manipulator you know his odd behavior can switch to a point where he can have power over his arresting officers you know he's uh, he can push buttons push jack cow's buttons for instance so even though he's called is there almost confessing i suppose uh, he can control uh, situations and uh, manipulate them to his uh, advantage, uh, even though that performance sometimes ver- verges on unintentionally goofy as we get his perspective uh, on events. Uh, but, but I thought the performance found a better footing when he uh, affects Jack House character to a point where he sort of susses out, oh yeah, you liked that Ying too, didn't you? So you, you got that type mm-hmm. of uh, character um, um, in there. So I... Um, He's uh, I don't know how many movies we've seen with him, but he's 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 a good actor to have. But, well, he's uh, you've probably seen a Rotty Ghost Story, right? The Amy Yip movie. Mm-hmm. He's the uh, villain in that. He's the Jack Nicholson of uh, a Rotty Ghost Story because that's a riff on Witches of Eastwick. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's it. But he, he's been uh, in a bunch of things and uh, really is good at chewing the scenery, whether category three uh, movies uh, or not. Uh, I'd like to single out that, that jail cell scene involving both men, Anthony Wong and Tandab Man and Joey Wong. And uh, I suppose we should hit on some specifics that um, she uh, seemingly kills them both in very strange ways and very yeah. eerie, disturbing ways. And I think it's a triumph because, you know, she slowly just, she doesn't float. They're not that obvious with it, but she, she goes into the jail uh, undisturbed. Open Anthony Wong's uh, cage, and bo- both, you know, are completely mesmerized by by her. And she, I suppose, you know, not kisses his eye, but places her lips on his eyeballs, and uh, and that sort of uh, drains his life essence. And it's it's eerie to just so slowly see that event. Is that what killed him? Something did and whether that kill him or not but that's what happens and then he's out of it and with uh, Tanlap Man for some reason he's so enthralled with her that she can suffocate him by stuffing whatever she does stuff down his uh, throat also, yeah. and I, I think that's a triumph because it's so she's incredibly eerie and incredibly scary as she just uh, floats through those uh, two, uh, uh, two jail cells essentially uh, really, really enjoyed that, and that connects to the horror tone uh, that you hinted at uh, very well. So, yeah, that uh, it's a little confusing too. Like we've mentioned, like you know, it's kind of hard to tell exactly what killed who, you know. But still, yeah, very unnerving. It's like she has this power over them, and they will uh, stop in their tracks. Mm-hmm. You know, he will not appear as a monster just because she enters his jail cell. You know, he can be stopped in his track and uh, she has the power over him, whether that's a supernatural thing or not. But I think it, it's a it's a standout scene that uh, it works in Little Woman because we get to see the scene again. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is cool. This is cool. No need to cut this. Just have it play out. I liked it the first time. I can watch it again. Well, you know, like during um, the bandit, Palap Man or whatever, his uh, big to do whenever he's explaining what all 
happened, you know, his version of the story, how he explains, like, you know, he, he was, he saw her and was just enthralled by her. And he's like, I had to rape her, hmm. you know? So, I mean, it, she, she has this aura, whether it be in life or whether it be in death or what have you, where she just overtakes these men, I guess. And even, even Jack Cow, as she acts a bit childish around him and uh, he is enthralled by her and he's doing measured speech and uh, saying important things. And then right behind him at one point when uh, he's talking and she is uh, behind him, she's peeking out from the left and the right and then uh, on top of him, I'm a head taller than you are. So she acts like a child around him. And mm-hmm. that's that, that, that's as interesting to me because what is that coming from? You know, is it mm-hmm. is it again a scar, a scarving after her experience? Is she manipulative or is she... As a matter of fact, a ghost, a ghost or not, because we do get a ghost summoning scene, a great centerpiece uh, towards the end of the film, where the Taoist priest comes back and uh, several uh, persons are brought back. And this section contains some of the best cinematography and sound design in the, mm-hmm. these ghost summoning scenes. You know, the spirits get their own light, they emerge out of shadows, go into shadows, and just sit there. And I think it's downright scary the sounds we get in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Hong Kong version la- lays it on thick with these sounds. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you that much to make it like con- convince us that it's supernatural. Let's add some um, some spooky electronic sounds. Doesn't work at all. This one does, uh, and it yeah. lays the truth on the table to a, to a degree. Whether this movie explains itself fully, I'm not sure. But I, I was very satisfied the what truths did come out in this ghost summoning. See, it's it's, it's a really a, an intense finale, uh, but it stays true to the atmosphere that you that involves the score and the stillness and the eerie images, like you just people backing out of light. I thought it gave, gave me chills. And, and the exposition that happens here, because events are laid on the table, even if not all possibly, it's it's measured exposition. They don't dump it on us. So I thought it was easy to uh, follow along and get uh, new perspectives when. Uh, summoning spirits here so that what did, did the jail scene i thought was great but i thought this essentially finale was uh tremendous set design too is just another thing that needs to be mentioned in the film because it's phenomenal what they did uh this scene in particular like the certainly at the beginning when they start to summon the ghosts like how amazing is the shot of uh the father magistrate or whatever he is the father talking with the Taoist priest and behind him is almost everything is black mm-hmm. except for uh, a few feet above the ground the lights kind of begin and you can see pigs wandering in the background with smoke everywhere and throughout the film there's like a uh, notice like floorboards inside of the buildings or whatever very darkly stained almost to the point of being black no, so you have these wooden paneling floors that are all almost stained black, and it just it, it amazing. It just creates a great visual throughout the film. It's a shame they did this movie uh, seemingly doesn't have uh, anything better right now. It, it is this cinema print. I, I was amazed that the the VCD is still was an effective watch. It's on DVD, but it's still uh, the same print. I doubt it, it's greater in quality, but. Uh, 
it, if uh, Taiwanese restoration did its thing, that then they they, they should uh, bring this out in HD. I think uh, it would uh, get a new audience, of course, and uh, and a little bit better showcase. But I still found myself drawn to this, and and thankfully, a dark, dark sequence like this wasn't ruined on VCD. You know, it could very much have been pitch black because uh, right. of the, the old print and the VCD quality being what it is, and it certainly wasn't. So I thought that was and and and. It ends, I suppose, in a conclusive and not very conclusive manner, depending on who you are. And and I was also fine with that. There was nothing here that frustrated me. The older I... Once upon a time, I think I was more receptive to uh, to more art house stuff. I'm re- I'm still receptive to some. I like Lars von Trier. I'm sure I would like Tarkovsky too, because Lars von Trier and Tarkovsky, especially early in his career, von Trier's career, uh, that was his idol. But I'm not receptive to some stuff. I'm like, I'm super dumb. I don't get it. I don't want it. But but thankfully, some stuff I've still managed to hold on to and still like. So I was glad I still liked Mean Ghost. I was not sitting there. I don't get it. I'm dumb. And <laughs> I, I hate everything now. <laughs> but uh, thankfully, it was not the case. I know you, you, you're way smarter and you're more receptive to uh, cryptic cinema, even though you like your, you, you like your German splatter, but you also like uh, <laughs> the finer things in life, including artistic cinema. So you can talk, you can talk about it with eloquence, at least. And, and, well, I'm certainly not one to sit there and be like, well, this you know, represents that and what have you. I'm usually not the greatest at picking stuff like that out, but I do enjoy great cinematography. And I, I love, uh, you know, the composition of scenes the editing and whatnot and uh, this film definitely doesn't seem to have been made by a slouch you know this is somebody with a definite vision and almost seems like they were given you know hey the task of like hey just remake Rashomon and it's like oh okay well I'm gonna do it my way and I'm gonna make something very interesting and uh, definitely did the job and then when you get the little woman um, most positive remarks sort of a are out the window because there's not much of the film left but it's super interesting to watch and make some uh, to, to document some notes even if you don't uh, want to watch it as a double bill ever again so let's um let's uh, let's break down some differences and uh, see I'll, I'll mention some things i noticed and maybe you notice some things uh, in terms of exclusive footage and changes that i didn't but uh, obviously the big one is that um Again, Chan Wing Chi is added in the cast to play Joey Wong's mother. We we have an actress in the Taiwanese version, but I can't identify her. But um, they uh, they assign her to that role. She's an actress who does nudity in films, so therefore the movie can open with a bang with uh, nudity and murder and a wooden donkey uh, execution and parade is uh, replicated here, plus some shots from the Mean Ghost version. But they. Put it down on that wooden donkey, and it's all the stock sort of sound effects from Hong Kong movies and the bloodletting, and everything's now all of a sudden cranked to eleven and loud. Whereas Ming Ghost played this scene incredibly quiet, which which was great from the get go. Little woman in in Hong Kong editor's hands wants to be noticed, and uh, it, it's more amusing rather than ooh, what an alluring alternate way of retelling events. It's more like oh yeah, I see what you're doing here. It's more lurid than alluring. But but we do get exclusive scenes, obviously, with her added in the cast. She isn't just added in editing in place of. Uh, They do that as well. Uh, In that wooden donkey scene where the two guys lift her up, there's a separate shot in both movies where they can add Chan Wing Chi in the separate shot, right? So they they do that, and they do a Godfrey Ho uh, well enough uh, on this. Um, But there are new scenes here. 
there's a oh, new, new flashback to Aying's uh, childhood. At one point, she loses her shoes by the water, and uh, as her mother tries to save her, she is um, she's hurt. She hits her head on the rocks. And then there's a new scene, a new opening scene, new entry for Tan Lapman. He's here. Uh, whether they got him back three years later um, or or uh, however long it was bef- between shoots, they they add a new scene um, with him. Therefore, more nudity and sex scenes and lurid stuff with him and, and Chan Wing Chi, perhaps in her head-injured state, uh, throws herself over Tan Lapman, who is then accused of molesting her. So that's how they sort of enter his uh, monstrous... Uh, character into this uh, scenario even though it doesn't seem like he was the instigator but uh, and then he roams around the village with a cape Joshua (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean when it's now it turns goofy here yeah Um, yeah the cape was uh, something else I mean it's neat to have him back for exclusive scenes there they got him back they matched his look seemingly something has happened to the movie but but by the point you realize that uh, there's more sex gore and he's running around with a cape. You know, uh, does it look like more commercial intent here rather than artistic intent, you think? Absolutely. There's no question. I mean, uh, even so much of the, the beautiful shots from uh, Ming Ghost are all just kind of butchered. There's n- no more to that waiting around to kind of see how the scene flows together. Everything's just kind of like cut to bits and, you know, pieced together so we can get from... You know, not just one sex scene to another, but just like, let's get the plot going. I mean, they took a two-hour film, included, what would you say, about five scenes, something like that, yeah. four or five scenes, and still cut off 30 minutes. That means that they cut out about probably 40 minutes to include their scenes. So it's like, yeah, wow. And even, you know, scenes that were quiet now has voiceover mm-hmm. to cover them. Like when Joey Wong is washing herself. Dad has now a voiceover about uh, her mother's past story or whatever, and uh, the score. I hated the score here, especially in comparison. It's it's more it's j- just more stock here. You know, whenever something is ominous, they bring in some stock score to emphasize that it's much more anxious. It's much more active, like it's afraid to lose uh, its audience. Um, and, uh, and and the town doesn't seem at all desolate anymore because now they layer in all sorts of noise and talking mm-hmm. as we see the market scene. And it's not a big town. There's not a whole lot of people there. And I like that atmosphere. Here it sounds like it, it's, a, it's a big, big marketplace, but but it's all in the, in the sound design. And I'm, I'm fascinated by things like a retooling like this. I'm incredibly fascinated. I love this stuff. That doesn't mean um, it's a good watch or anything. It made me sort of... Uh, get this over with i don't like it but i'm incredibly fascinated uh, when something can be changed as uh, much as uh, this you know taiwan was very effective when static and quiet but here music layers makes little woman way too anxious and amped and uh, and uh, atmospheres uh, is uh, very much uh, lost here in, in, and therefore when you add the hong kong take on this there, there's no uh, there's no directorial flair. It's just sort of stitch, breaking off and stitching together and adding. So it doesn't become its its own thing. It's a loose thing with glimpses of the elegant images that we uh, that we liked. But uh, the, the the glimpses of the of the original images and the glimpses of the, of the original plotting now in fragments makes it feel a whole lot emptier. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps you know 
watch it in six months time and not watch Mean Ghost may it may play favorably I don't know it felt really transparent Joshua <laughs> what they were doing here you know with uh, and and not really super entertaining either it's just sort of on the surface fascinating yeah they added sex scenes and gore and uh, and a yeah. free and a freeway then that, that ended with murder <laughs> because they had the actress they could do that uh, they could add nudity and murder but was there anything that's where you sort of like hey I like this I like this choice <laughs> I can't really say no. I think that you took a film that was, it was solid. You know, it, it not going to jump up my favorite film list by any stretch of the imagination, but featured had a lot of great features in the fact that it was beautifully shot, had a great atmosphere, um, had an amazing um, set design, all these great things which are kind of butchered in this version. You don't see as much. You don't get as much from it. You're left with just a movie that's got a few more titties. Yeah, yeah very much so. Uh, even the uh, the ending sequence, they, they do have the spirit summoning sequence here, and they do some ed- editing with uh, Tawis Priest. They have his earlier scene placed later here, so it takes place closer to the final ghost summoning uh, scene, and this all uh, plays out, and... Uh, and instead of just, and, and this is what I'm talking about when I say this is more anxious and more insecure, really. Instead of just silence as uh, these uh, spirits move into the shadows and out of the shadows, they add these uh, electronic sound effects that wah, 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 essentially. <laughs> it's just to, to sort of bring hammer home the point that they disappeared in the in the wah, 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 darkness because they're ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just made it very cheap. The most creative thing they did, though. I don't know if you noticed this. Maybe you have tuned out by this point. In Ming Ghost, uh, they do summon the mother. She comes back. The actress comes back. Mm-hmm. And in Little Woman, they keep the actors. Uh, but they realize they have another actress as well. So they need to sort of merge them. When, when they have the Taiwanese actress back, when she comes out of the shadows, they superimpose on the film Chan Wing Chi in sort of uh, green smoke and green lights. And then have her image uh, moved to the left and into the Taiwanese actress to show that they have become one. And she's now, she has a different look now, but that's her. That's her mother. But she doesn't look the same, but uh, her spirit is inside her. So they, 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 they tamper with the film. <laughs> I didn't pick up on this. That's amazing. Yeah, l- look back on that scene. That, that, was, uh, that was so, we, we can't reshoot this. And we want to keep the scene, the reemergence of the mother. So what do we do? Mm-hmm. Like two, two become one. Oh my god! So rewatch that bit towards the end of Little Woman uh, as they uh, as they tamper with the film that way because it's all dark. So it was easy to superimpose Chan Wing Chi in the green smoke and the green lights, and then uh, do an optical. So you know, thank God it was all pitch black. But uh, it uh, it really wasn't a preferred preferred viewing. I had a, a greater time and it was uh, found more lore watching uh, Mingos than this was a, a supplemental curiosity. Um, Any of you guys who want to say Mingos or a little a little woman and um, and thank God or don't say to me you, you'll break me that uh, Ken don't waste four four hours of my time ever again. Don't don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. No. I'm a fragile man. I had a great time. <laughs> And added a, little, added a little movie you didn't know about um, beforehand. You know, I would like to share. Like, I, I watch uh, 
these movies uh, on Plex. I'll sit there and load it up on the server, and then I'll, I'll sit there and stream it to Plex. And uh, Plex had a really great uh, plot synopsis for uh, both films. <laughs> I just wanted to. I'm surprised it's found one. This might be, I know, this might be IMDb. I'm not sure, but uh, let me just read this here for you. Wan, Chong Lu Dor magistrate's wife to the husband, because of sexual desire and dissatisfaction with the people of adultery, after being found, was riding wooden donkey lethal torture. <laughs> the magistrate's infant daughter, Ai Ying, Joey Wang, is betrothed to the Wu Fing Yun, a newlywed husband, martial infant, and a half months. To return home to visit E.D. Magistrate. Lovers in a tree halfway cost lots of rest. <laughs> the rest, they never stepped into E.D.'s county threshold. Was this written by Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? <laughs> a democratic vote for me. Good. So do. So do. <laughs> so do. So before the movie, uh, before watching Main Ghost, I was like, well, let me read the plot synopsis. And I, for a second, I thought I had a stroke. So <laughs> just thought I'd share like, that. Like, my wife, can you come in here and like, <laughs> co- confirm that I'm not crazy? That I'm healthy? Is my smile equal? Can I lift uh, either hand falling? No? Okay, good. I'm sure I'm not smelling burnt toast. So <laughs> where's that breakfast? I don't know. I know. Uh, Okie dokie, as for availability of um, these two movies, these two edits of the film, uh, it's not currently in circulation in either version, I'm sorry to say, but I wanted to cover it because um, I, I like this combination, but uh, it was worth to highlight these edits of the same film. It had, by the looks of it, uh, a VCD and Laserdisc in Hong Kong, the Little Woman edit, the short alternate edit. Same edit was released on Japanese VHS, but um, dubbed into Mandarin. But that, that wasn't a shortened dub of the, of the Ming Ghost Mandarin track. It, it was apparently a new Mandarin dub done for the short edit. So rather than you know cut what they needed, they just redid it, comple- redid it completely. And uh, the two-hour version, or really the 136-minute version, appeared on um, of Ming Ghost. Appeared on a DVD in a transfer with burned-in subtitles uh, from the label Hoker Records, uh, cropped to almost. Uh, uh, full screen, but not quite. It's actually on YouTube. You can watch it on YouTube, and if you have no other options, then then, then you get the VCD quality on YouTube. It's uh, and it's subtitled as well. Uh, the Hong Kong VCD, at least, it was letterbox, but um, even as cropped, it, this film didn't suffer too much uh, in the composition, the visual composition, and the subtitles weren't that cu- cut off. So even the minimal widescreen worked well for for Ming Ghost. I'll, I'll have to say but uh, but yeah I, I wouldn't normally encourage you to get to get it on uh, YouTube but um, I, I don't think it's easy to buy this uh, currently so if you're interested then the full version is uh, is there it's not a Wu-Tang collection presents kind of thing or anything <laughs> but uh, nevertheless it's on there so um, just uh, t- uh, type in Ming Ghost 1990 or paste the Chinese title from Hong Kong Movie Database and that should get you the stuff so it's okay to mention it, I suppose, but I, I won't link to it. You'll have to find it yourself if you're interested in Mean Ghost. And uh, I was happy to revisit it. Uh, quite impressed and quite... Um, it's not easy to um, sort of um, creep me out nowadays, but uh, at points it, um, it really it really did. Yeah, it's easy to be jaded when uh, when it comes to horror stuff, but uh, it was nice to see uh, that, it, uh, that it got to me in some shape or form. Uh, but uh, that's us for this little uh, little This Week in Sneeze. Uh, sneeze. <laughs> <Achoo>! <laughs> this Week in Sneeze. <laughs> 
uh, this week in Slees during flu season or something like that, during pandemic season. Uh, but uh, we'll be back to find uh, something. I will just uh, do two random category free movies to get an episode out or find something um, special. I always wanted to uh, d- do a little research to see what uh, category free goodies we've missed during the last uh, 10 years or so. I know Herman Yao and Anthony Wong have worked on some category free stuff that might be cool to watch, uh, whether it's from 2016 or well, even 10 years ago. I- I've been out of the loop. Uh, so um, maybe we'll do that or find some, some angle to our coverage. But... Um, we, we're still here. Uh, Joshua is the most uh, active outsider podcasts um, out, of, out of us uh, too, and uh, for good reason. Doing valiant work and uh, being a family man, so I um, can't rope him in to do like, hey, I've Charlie Joe, right? If milk is in it, I'm always down. The, the Milka saga continues. <laughs> the trilogy. We just got to find the other two movies. This has, regardless, been this week's lease on the podcast on Fire Network and the back catalogue of our uh, of our shows, including the last one on Bruce Lee and I, for instance. Greatly enjoyed that. Uh, do check it out. Joshua did some fantastic research uh, for you all. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, maintained... You, I'm sure you put down that research for quite a while. So I mean, I'm not sure you've maintained all the knowledge about all the AKAs for Fist of Fury 2 and Big Boss 3 and what have you. Is that gone now? You have to read up on that again. I probably would have to read up on it, but I am still working on my little documentary. I've got like 25 minutes, 30 minutes of it already edited together. So it just, it's slow going, especially, you know, got the baby and got, uh, right now I'm in the process of uh, building a new arcade, my hopefully final arcade, which is going to be just ridiculous. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of full speed ahead on that. But like when I have a few minutes, if I can sit down and uh, open up uh, Premiere, I sit there and work on the editing for uh, the documentary too. So that stuff needs to be documented for me to even remember it. Because uh, e- even if I write down like Big Boss Free, aka Fist of Fury 2, aka Wave the Dragon 8, it's too complicated for me to remember. So, I so know. I'm like. You just end up watching the same movie multiple times, you know. He's a- and they have similar plotting. They're all riffing on Fist of Fury and Big Boss. So, but one yeah. is called Fist of Fury Two, and one is Big Boss. Free. I love, <laughs> I, I love it. I absolutely love that world. But uh, remembering it offhand, like uh, you, you, you'll have to be Rain Man good to uh, to remember that stuff. You know. And if 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 the whole documentary was just that, it would be ten hours long. You know, of trying to piece together what movies are what and. Yeah, it's just too much. So you got to sit there and kind of go macro instead of micro. Yeah, for sure. Uh, looking forward to that. Do you have a title for your uh, Bruce exploitation documentary yet? No, it's just going to be probably weird cinema, uh, Bruce exploitation or something like that. I mean, if you Google, if you YouTube uh, weird cinema, you'll find the uh, account and the episodes that have made so far, which were on God Monster, Indian Flats. Uh, IFD films and uh, Pinky Violence. Plus, I did a little Hong Kong stuntman episode. Did you ever see that? I did. I did. It's been a while, but uh, that was cool. Yeah, it was fun. That came, yeah. that came together. If uh, if I were to name a documentary or like the supplemental uh, feature of the documentary that uh, that does go over all, all the AKAs, I would just uh, dub it like, "Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? This might be it. I don't know." <laughs> 
that's a world so hopefully that will come together but in the meantime let's uh let's stop this uh, autistic fucking and get um, and find find something else but uh, thank you Joshua for uh, for doing the work and being into it and delivering the notes that you did greatly enjoyed speaking to you again buddy and uh, I've been it's Lisa K there for and with me was the great Lord Joshua Regal who's gonna say goodbye to your kids right now goodbye kids <laughs>